can count a million times. People asking me how I can praise you with all that I've gone through. The question just amazes me. Can circumstances possibly change who I forever am in you? Lord God Almighty. 
is the Lord God Almighty. Is the Lord God Almighty. Today I'm going to talk about praiseful prayer. Those two words I haven't really seen mixed like that in one. I didn't even know it was a word. Praiseful. But it is. So, yay. I was glad about that. But this uh, is going to come from Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. Now, before we get into that actual scripture, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the book itself of Colossians. Uh, Paul wrote the book to, uh, the letter to the church in Colossae. Uh, it's a small town, kind of south east-ish of somewhere. Uh, <laughs> well, the letter was supposed to be read to that church and then forwarded to the nearby church of Laodicea. Well, both churches were up against some false teaching. There were some things kind of creeping up that was threatening to uh, threatening the purity of the gospel. So despite the opposition, though, um, Paul recognized the church's commitment to the gospel. In fact, that's one of the reasons in the first part of the letter, Paul talks about how he thanks God when he prays for them. Part of the point of the entire letter is to admonish the churches against uh, accepting things that only appeared as wisdom. How much does that sound like today? The world tells us things that are in direct opposition to the gospel. It's not a new thing. So when we get to verse 9, the first uh, verse of the message... It says, for this reason. And this reason is talking about the church's reception to the true wisdom. So it goes on. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continue, continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may, may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people and in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. That's a hopeful message. And I like to take uh, kind of the prayer. I mean, he doesn't really make a prayer through this, but he talks about his, his method of prayer. And uh, we can think of it in two different sections. The first one is the content of the prayer, and the second one is the object of the prayer. Uh, the content in this case is basically the primary request. It's the stuff that's within the prayer, the actual prayer. And then the object of the prayer is the hopeful result following the completion of that content. So basically the, the content, he is basically praying for the knowledge of God's will to permeate the people. That's the main gist of it. 
And in that comes the spiritual wisdom, not the wisdom that appears to be wisdom, but the wisdom that comes from the Spirit. Then also understanding that comes from the Spirit. This, of course, uh, the knowledge, the, the wisdom, the understanding can only come if they were in the Word. There are some of us that maybe don't read the Bible very often because we don't understand it. Now, I, I, know, what, I know what that feels like. <laughs> but Paul counts it all as possible through prayer. Let me ask you this. Do you ever pray for understanding of the Bible, specifically? What about praying for others specifically to understand the Bible? I know myself, I pray for people to accept Christ. I pray for people to come to salvation. I pray people, for people to turn away from their ways and repent. But I kind of skip over that part about understanding. I need to do that more. So after that comes the object of the prayer, and that's basically to walk worthy or the manner of the walk we should have. The English Standard Version tells us, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And that's from the verse 10. So when we look at the, that walk, I see two components there. The first one is walking worthy of the Lord, and the other one is walking pleasing to the Lord in every way. When I first came across this, I said, of course. If you do things that are worthy of the Lord, it's going to please him. That's all redundancy, right? But it's actually talking about two different things. Worthy of the Lord is the Greek word axios. It means in a manner deserving, befitting, and appropriate. While pleasing is araskia. That's the desire to please. A one lexicon puts it, pleasing satisfaction is the trait delightfully yielding to the will of another person. And they say it, it stems from obedience, but it had, has the added measure of desire. Now, to understand this distinction, I kind of look toward the military. That's where my uh, father did a lot of, like, uh, 25 years and I got to experience a lot of that. But if someone in the army gives a command to do something, you basically did it. Because that was the kind of obedience that, um, where you follow orders that are appropriate to the one who gives them. Doesn't mean that he was trying to please that commander. It just means that was appropriate. Part of the moving around, or yeah, part of the military is moving around. And I landed in... Fort Knox, my sophomore year in high school. And I'm a band person, any band people here, past, present, future, all right. Played clarinet, and uh, first day there, it was in the middle of the marching band camp, and there were, I didn't have music, I didn't have a spot on the field. I don't know that the band director even knew I was there. But at the, uh, so I just watched on the sideline, and at the end of that rehearsal, I got welcomed into band camp with push-ups. Apparently, the clarinet section didn't do something right, and since I was part of the clarinet section, I got to join them. <laughs> Thank you. 
I always wanted that, right? <laughs> now, I did them. I didn't fight back or anything because of the person being the section leader. They're the person calling the shots for the clarinets. I wasn't trying to please that person because I didn't know who they were. So, as the saying kind of goes, you can respect the position, but not necessarily the person. So doing them together in combination means something. I like to think of it this way. When it comes to God, worthy of the Lord talks about humility. But pleasing to the Lord talks about praise. When you put them together, humility and praise, that is the heart of worship. It's all about knowing who we are compared to God and behaving according to that relationship. It is also about developing a desire to please God and to serve his will above our own and to obey. In our prayers, we can aim for both of these things in ourselves and in each other. This is how we have worshipful or praiseful prayer. Whether the prayer is for ourselves or others, it is an act of worship. Now, prayer can is also focused on his will, not our own. It can be made up upon our own wills, as long as it's in line with God's. It is not my will to be sick and have half of a voice right now, but if it's within God's will to let me continue this for whatever reason, I submit to that and I still praise him. As we sang a little bit ago, bring me joy, bring me peace, bring the chance to be free, bring me anything that brings you glory. And I know if I'll know there'll be days when this life brings me pain. But if that's what it takes to praise you, Jesus, bring the rain. Now, with that being said, it is my ultimate will for the Patriots to fail to win another Super Bowl today. <laughs> Who's with me? Can I get an amen? I mean, seriously, 2002, 2004, 2005, 2015, 2017. Uh, and I'm told if, if you didn't raise your hand for that, you either don't follow football, don't care about it, or you're in the wrong state. <laughs> but is that God's will? Seriously, though, I read a devotional by a man named uh, Angus Buchan. And he said in this devotional, so speak to God about your financial, work-related, and domestic needs, and you'll be surprised how God answers. I have seen him change the wind, bring the rain, and put out the fire. Remember, however, that prayer is not a proverbial grocery list that you take to God. He wants you to be his friend. And that's true. It's not just a one-way street, a one-way communication to God. It's two-way. We have to listen. We have to wait for him. We have to respond to how he leads us through godly neighbors, circumstances, however he talks to us. So how do we walk this walk that Paul was talking about? He gives us four ways or four instructions. The first one is bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit means to produce actions and natural consequences befitting one's nature. 
And a work is a duty that a person is obliged to perform for moral or legal reasons. And he puts those together in bearing fruit in every good work. Part of it is symbolism. If you imagine a tree, it produces fruit as a natural consequence befitting of its nature. But the fruit itself is a lasting evidence that is visible to others. I watched an episode of a Top Chef with Kathy this past week. And on, the, on this particular episode, there was a pastor that was one of the contestants. And you could tell she was a pastor. She prayed through everything. She always gave thanks for every good work she had. And you knew exactly where she stood. We should pray, praisefully pray, for this fruit, this type of fruit to show in our lives. The second is growing in the knowledge of God. And Paul did mention this in verse 9. We cannot solidly be submitted, cemented in prayer without increasing knowledge to God and his will. We can't be pleasing to the Lord, which is the desire to yield to his will, without knowing what his will is. Growing in the knowledge of God helps us to know our obligations and moral duties known as good works. Now, for some, reading the Bible alone can be apprehensive. But there are group study opportunities all within this church to help bridge that gap and enrich those of all seasons of Bible understanding or Bible knowledge. There are also some tools available to you through te technology to help you get through the Bible. I know when I worked at Westfield and my commute down and back, I listened to the Bible on my phone. And for me, I can hear it a lot easier than I can read it. So, and the more we do it, the more we enjoy it. Uh, George Mueller said, in order to enjoy the word, we ought to continue to read it. And the way to obtain a spirit of prayer is to continue praying. He goes on to say, for the less we read the word of God, the less we desire to read it. And the less we pray, the less we desire to pray. We should praisefully pray for the knowledge of God and seek that knowledge. Now, we looked at bearing fruit and growing in knowledge, but the third way is to uh, walk strengthened with all power. Where does this power come from? It comes from God. It comes from the strength that we find through the growing knowledge and practices of good works. In a letter that Paul wrote, Philippians, in chapter 4, verse 13, he says that he can do all things that he was dealing with through Christ who gave him strength. And it's through this power that great endurance and patience comes. We should praisefully pray to be strengthened with power, with his power, to fulfill his purposes. Last, we are called to give joyful thanks to the Father. The thanks is not only for the fruit, the knowledge, and the power, but it is also for our place in his kingdom. We share in the inheritance of his holy people. We share in the inheritance of his holy people. How awesome is that? 
That is, that is incredible news. Now, okay. With the amount of enthusiasm as, as the Patriots losing, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say with me, God has qualified you to share in the inheritance. A little bit more enthusiasm. God has qualified you to share in the inheritance. Amen. <laughs> that inheritance is his kingdom. Now, we don't deserve it. I don't think any of us can walk worthy enough to get there. But he qualified us through faith. <laughs> A quick story or question, I guess. Have you ever started a prayer and then realized that you already prayed in the middle of it? No? No one, no one has done this. It must be, must be interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, uh, I prayed for food, and I started to take a bite. I was like, oh, I haven't prayed. So I started praying again. Then I realized, oh, I already prayed. And for a second, I thought, well, I already did that, so I don't have to do that anymore. But when you look at the praise component of prayer, why wouldn't you do it multiple times? You should praisefully thank God for all that he does through us, in us, and for us. So, two-letter word, very powerful in the Bible. If you take one hand, we have the content of the prayer, where he prays for the church to have the knowledge of God's will. Then on the other hand, he has uh, methods of walking worthy and pleasing God. The word so tells us that one causes the other. So he prayed for them to have wisdom and understanding of the spirit in order that they would bear fruit, seek knowledge, lean on God's strength, and give joyful thanks to God. We have a lot to be thankful for, but true thankfulness comes from these things. The word for is also another short but powerful word in the Bible. Everything that comes after that section, verses 13 and 14, tells us the core reason for everything. And this is very righteous. The English Standard Version tells us, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If that's not a reason to have praiseful prayer, I don't know what is. If you have not yourself accepted this redemption and forgiveness found in Jesus, why not? What's stopping you? Why wait for a magic moment in your life when both the desire and knowledge start somewhere and that's with God's word? Just have to get into it. And the desire grows from there. So I have three itty words to leave you with. <laughs> when you pray this week, think of these. The first one is curiosity. You want to think, what is God doing through you today? What is God's word teaching you? And how does your will align with God's will? Be curious about it in your prayer.
Second one is simplicity. Praisefully praying doesn't mean complicated praying. Come to him as you are, and as you grow in the knowledge of his word, it becomes part of the spirit behind your prayer. But you don't have to make prayer academic to be praiseful. And third, itty word, is opportunity. Prayer is a chance to communicate with God. It is a two-way street, and we should seek opportunities not only to serve God, but also to pray to him and for his people. One opportunity, everybody remember the number seven, because on Wednesday the 7th at 7 p.m. in room seven, we are changing that, right? Yes. Okay, room seven, is an opportunity to pray. We're going to have a service in here, and there will be a service at every church, not every church, but a church every seventh for the next seven months, including this one. I hope I got seven sevens in there. Um, <laughs> all right. So praiseful prayer. I know the Colossians doesn't contain a prayer, but it has a lot that it tells us about prayer and how we should leave our, lead our lives. So I'll leave you with this. May your prayers be praiseful, and may your praise be filled with prayer and the knowledge of God's word. Amen.